It is great to be with you uh, today. We're going to be looking at Exodus, oh, excuse me, Exodus. We are going to look some at Exodus at the life of Moses, but we're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Before we do, I want to say the very first time I preached, I was 19 years old. I had been traveling, playing basketball, and I was nervous. And I've been in the ministry uh, for 30 years. I'm transitioning from pastoring at uh, Edgewood Baptist Church in Edmonds to doing church strengthening for the district, and I still, when I get ready to preach, there's a little bit of anxiety, and I'm worried about that, but Dawson Trotman said one time, some of you may know Dawson Trotman, the founder of Navigators, he said he had that fear when he would share Christ, and, so, and he prayed about it, and he, and he believed the Lord said to him, that fear is not going to totally go away, it's a reminder that we're relying on the Holy Spirit, amen? And here's what, here's what I believe. I believe that this book is not just a book. It's a collection of books all put together, but was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That it is inerrant and that it will not come back void and empty. Do you believe that? Yeah. And, and I believe that it's foolishness to fallen man unless he or her mind is illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Do you agree? So Corinthians say, so we should come to the Word of God expecting to hear something from the Lord. My mom, who's went to be with the Lord, when I would tell her, I get a little nervous sometimes when I preach, she would say, well, Kevin, God used a donkey in the Old Testament. He can use you. There's two things that I, I pray before preaching. One is, Lord, help me to speak your truth in a way that brings glory to your name. And if anything I say, if anything is not in line with your word, may it be quickly driven from the mind. But that which is true to your word, may it dwell in us richly and change us profoundly. So guide my tongue, Lord. That's what I've been praying as I preach. And secondly, help me to love the people I'm speaking to. Even the ones that I've never met before, may your love flow through me to them because we are one in Christ. One last thing that I pray is never let me love what people think of me more than I love you, Lord and I love them. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to talk to you about that. We, we want to we talk to you about that because the good news is we can be set free from our sins. The good news is that there's new life in Christ. Amen? Amen. And we, we don't want to start a sermon without saying, look, you don't have to wait till the sermon's over. You can right now just say, hey, I, I'd like my sins forgiven. Yeah, I'd like the Holy Spirit to fill my life. And you can do that. I, I say a lot in the church I was uh, just at for, for the last eight years, I say, download the Holy Spirit app, right? Ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior. <laughs> but what I'd like you to do right now is pray for me. Charles Spurgeon said that a, a prayerless pew leads to a powerless pulpit. And so what I'm praying, 
uh, is that you would pray for me as I speak and pray for yourself and for us that we would hear from God's word today. Would you do that? Just now. Ask the Lord to meet you where you are. Ask him to speak to you through his word. Thank him for the greatness of who he is. Offer to him your worries and concerns. Ask him to show you wonderful things in his word. Dear Lord, we pray that you'd be with us as we turn to your word. I'm so thankful for it, Lord. We pray that you'd move among us. We pray that you'd help us to see the truth of your word, the beauty of your word, and apply it to our lives, Lord. Remove the things that would deceive us, the spirits that would come against us, the distractions that would distract us and help us to focus on what you want to say to us today from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When I was a kid, I, I got really nervous reading in public. So when I was learning to preach at first, I would rush through the reading of the scripture because I was nervous I would mess up or, or mispronounce some words. In fact, I think in some of the early churches, they thought I was speaking in tongues when I was actually just practicing the pronunciations of words. And I had a preaching professor, and he said, you know when you preach, you rush through the word of God. Remember, that's the most important part. That's the part that's guaranteed it won't come back void or empty. So what we're going to do today is we're going to read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and then we're going to go back through it, and then we're going to go to application. Sound good? Here's what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You get the idea that he wants them in this time of transition to be what? And... That's the theme, right? Do we need that message? In times of transition, is it easy to be weak and wimpy? Right? I, find it, I find it interesting that oftentimes we pray to have easier lives instead of pray to be stronger people. Right? In fact, I was thinking about it as I was, as I was getting ready. We'll, we'll, we'll get there as we go through the, walk through this passage. But I was thinking how often I'm praying that God would put me in a place where I don't really need faith and I don't really need courage. One author said, we like to, we like to see miracles, but we don't like to be placed where they're needed. So let's walk through this passage. Joshua 1, 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Sometimes we read Scripture, in my opinion, too fast. We don't get the feel for what's there. What does it feel like for Moses to be dead? Who was this Moses. Moses had been born into slavery. Born at a time where his very life was threatened. From his moment of birth, there was a death threat. The Egyptians, they said they were going to kill all the Israelite male children. And so his parents had hid him, and then he'd been placed in a basket where, by the providential and miraculous care of God... Pharaoh's daughter found him floating, took, took him, and went and tried to find someone to care for him and nurse him, and gave him back to his own mother to care for until he was weaned. Then he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. At 40, we know it was 40 because it says that in Acts 7, She went to see the Hebrews. He found an Egyptian mistreating and the Israelites. And he stepped in and intervened and killed the Egyptian. Not too long after that, he came upon two Israelites fighting, and he tried to bring peace, and the one said, are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And so now he became afraid. The people were aware of what had happened, so he fled. And let me say this. Remember I told you the Bible is fantastic? I really encourage you to read it. 
and read more about Moses. I could, the sermon will be too long. They said it's, it's done when I'm done. I, I figure you guys don't want to go to like four o'clock today. So we're not going to go through everything in Moses' life. But it says 40 years later, Moses came upon a burning bush. And I believe the, the bush in itself made a point because the bush would not burn up. When you looked at what kept the bush burning, it wasn't the bush. There's something miraculously happening. And at the burning bush, Moses is told by God that he's been called to deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians. Many of you know the story. He says, well, 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 well I don't talk very well. That reminds him, it, it, it's not about you. It's about me. I am. I'm calling you, right? We, we can go into the story about how he asked if Aaron could be a spokesman, and we can talk about that. But what I want to move forward to is God, God did use Moses, did he not? Ten plagues come. Israelites are released. Then the Pharaoh decides, I don't think that was a good idea, and he chases them down, right? Comes a point where here's the Red Sea in front of them, Egyptians coming behind, and it's Moses that God uses to part the Red Sea, is it not? And there's this time in the wilderness, and there's these miracles. It's, it's Moses God uses to bring down the Ten Commandments. It's Moses, under his instruction, that the tabernacle is built. In Exodus 17, when they're grumbling because they don't have water, it's, it's Moses who strikes the rock because of the power of God and the command of God, and water comes forth, right? In Numbers 20, God tells Moses to speak to the rock and the water will come back forth, but Moses decides instead of doing that, he's going to strike the rock again. According to Scripture, showing a lack of faith in God, and so he's told, you don't get to enter in to the promised land. Because you can see it. Now get it wrong. Moses is still a very, very powerful person because of what God does in his life. We, we see him in the New Testament, a place like Acts 7, where Stephen told of his life, Hebrews 11, right? He was at the Transfiguration. I was worried right here when I was talking to my wife about the sermon. I could go on so long because it is so interesting to me, the life of Moses. But the sermon today is about Joshua in a time of transition. But I want you to feel what it must have felt like that Moses is dead. As I've gotten older, mentors, people who have invested heavily in my life have died. And I know what that feels like to say, so-and-so is dead. I was here at Mitch's memorial service. I know what it feels like when a congregation loses someone. This passage of Scripture in Joshua is written for us. It's not written to us. We're, we're not called to go take the promised land the way Joshua was, but there are some principles here, are there not? What does it feel like what, what about Joshua? Exodus 17, we, we see Joshua, Joshua was 
by the Amalek and the Malachites. And, and he's, he's winning the battle, but every time Moses, hands are lifted up, there's victory, but when the hands drop, he starts losing, so they have to help Moses keep his, his hands up. He, he could have thought that was about Moses, but that was about God, right? Joshua was also an assistant to Moses, when at least part of the way up Mount Sinai. He was one of the spies that was sent in to the promised land. Twelve went in to spy out the land. Ten of them say, well, it's a really good land, but those guys are really big and they will crush us. Two came back, seeing not the size of the enemy, but the promise of God, and that was Joshua and Caleb, right? So we see in early here in Joshua in the transition is Moses is dead, but God has a plan. God is prepared for this moment. I want to read you two passages of Scripture that shed some light on where we are here. First is Numbers 27, 12 through 23. It says there, The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abram, And see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you've seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin, when the congregation quarreled, failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. He's talking to Moses. These are the waters of Meribah, of Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord will na may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom the Spirit... A man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority, that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. And he shall stand before Eleazar, the priest, and you shall inquire for him by the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. At his word, they shall go out, and at his word, they shall come in, both he and all the people of Israel with him, the whole congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and the whole congregation. And he laid hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. So what we're doing here, don't, don't lose me, we're, we're in Joshua, we're saying Moses has died and Joshua is to take over. And what we're seeing is that this isn't the beginning of the story, the beginning of Joshua. There is preparation for this already that's been made. You see that? Are you with me? Amen? Thank you. Could use some help up here sometimes. That's good. Deuteronomy 34, 7 through 12. Moses was 120 years old. How old? That's pretty old, right? When he died, his eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. So, so 
the Lord took him at that point. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. How long? So we're not rushing into Joshua. There was a time of mourning. There's a time of griefing. It's right. We do mourn. It's right that we mourn. When people that we love, people poured into our life, people that God has used mightily, we do mourn. They mourn for how long? 30 days. There is, there is a time for mourning. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. There's also a time to get up from the morning and move on. Doesn't mean that we're ever fully over all the grief in this life. But there is a time we move forward to what God has called us to. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there was, and there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses. So what's the inspired word of God? Nobody like Moses, right? So, but it's Joshua that's going to lead him into the promised land. Whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So what I want us to see is this is a pivotal moment. It's a powerful moment, and Moses being dead is significant. Imagine what it's like for Joshua to say, oh, you're going to take over for Moses now. Let's continue to read Joshua 1, finishing the second verse on. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will, be, will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I encourage you, get out a map and look at this area and this territory. And my understanding is you guys are going to be walking through the book of Joshua, and I encourage you uh, to read it. Did you do that? There's homework for you. Take it out and read it. Bonus homework. Read on the book. Read on the life of Moses. What do we see here? What do we see here? We see this. Point one today is arise, go, and conquer. Arise, go, and conquer. Don't sit there and say, look at what Moses did. Let's talk about the glory years. Let's, let's get caught up in nostalgia. Let's talk about the past. Don't, don't get on what my mom used to call the pity pot and say, hey, we're not going to be able to do anything now. We don't have Moses. 
By the way, Joshua being an assistant to Moses knew how grumbly and hard to lead the Israelites could be at times. One of the things I'm really excited about, it's been, it's been fun working with your search team and your deacons. Here at Cedar Home, you're not waiting. You're not waiting for the next pastor until you start obeying what God's calling you to do. The Holy Spirit is already working and moving. Praise the Lord. So arise, go and conquer. And here's two subpoints there. Arise and go conquer. Why? God is with you. Did you see that in the text? You don't see it in the text. You can drop it, but did you see it in the text? Why can you rise and go and conquer? Because God is with you. That's, that's what he's telling Joshua. I'm going to be with you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. So go. And the second thing he says, rise and go conquer. God will give what he has promised. He's promised you this land. He's promised you. So go get it. Don't be a wimp. you got the theme strong and be courageous let's keep reading there it is verse 6 be strong and courageous for he shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you so if you want to be strong and courageous you do what you obey the law. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all, according to all that is written in it. So he's telling Joshua, you want, do what the book says and meditate on it. Do you think we'd be doing a little better if we spent a little less time watching television, a little bit more time meditating on the Word of God? Do you think that the Church of Jesus Christ in America would be a little less wimpy and weak if we fed from the Word of God? I was a, a young guy. Um, heard George Verwer speak. Some of you guys know that. Founder of Operation Mobilization. He used this line, and I've never forgotten it. He said, most of us Christians are educated beyond our obedience level. Most of us Christians are educated beyond our obedience level. And what he's telling here is you want to be strong and courageous? Do what you've been commanded to do. Meditate on the Word. Know what the Word is and do it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on a day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? It's not a suggestion. Today, I don't know why I'm telling you a lot about my mom. My mom also used to say sometimes, I'm not asking you, I'm... I get the idea here, that's what the Lord's saying here. I'm not asking you to be strong and courageous. I'm telling you. I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, here's the next point. We're going to, he's told to go, rise, and conquer, because, because, 
God will be with them because God will give what he's promised. And he's saying, be strong and be courageous. And here's the thing I, I want to I point out here as part of the outline here. First of all, strength without courage, courage is useless. If, if you have strength and wisdom, but you don't use it, you don't apply it, what good is it? You have all this strength and all this power and all this ability. God, God gives you the, the ability, the, the words to speak, to bring the gospel to your neighbors and friends, but you never share it. Did that do you any good? You see, the reason he's concerned for, for, for Joshua and wants to make sure that Joshua is strong and courageous because if we're not courageous, we won't do what God's called us to do. So, we want strength that we can find in the Lord, and we want to be courageous. That's what he's telling Joshua. Second, courage. <laughs> courage without strength is foolish. I almost said stupid, but then kids tell me you're not allowed to say stupid. So, right? He's just being, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, that may be stupid, right? Or, let me say, foolish. So, where does this strength and courage come from? Strength and courage come from being in the presence of God. Did you hear him say that? See, Joshua? Look, I'm going to be with you. Next point. Strength and courage come from knowing the promises of God. What has God promised you? When we think that God's promised us something he didn't, we get in trouble, right? Did God promise you, you that you'd never have trouble in your life? Did he promise you'd never have temptation? This guy's big, big, build church, big, let me try to say that again. They build big churches trying to tell people, you know, you'll always be healthy, you'll always be wealthy. Is that what it says? The Bible tells me that Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Right? Know what the promises of God are. Neither death nor life nor things present nor things come can separate us from the love of Christ, right? Nothing can change my identity and nothing can change my destiny if I'm in Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean I, can't, I won't go through some hard things. Do you know the promises of God? Strength and courage come from the promises of God. That's what he's telling Joshua. Look, I can give you the land I promised you. Strength and courage come from meditating on the word of God. You say, I, man, I, I just feel wimpy sometimes. Meditate, memorize, saturate yourself in God's word. Next point, strength and courage come from being obedient to the word of God. It's not just knowing it, it's doing it. And in this section, the last thing I want to say is strength and courage chase fear and dismay away. Joshua is at a pivotal moment, and he's told, be strong and be courageous. Arise and go conquer. So I always like to say, how does that look in our lives? What's the application points for us here? 
Here's what I take, take from the life of Joshua that I, that I apply to my life. I'm not Joshua. I'm not called to cross the, cross the Jordan <clears throat> and take the promised land in that way. But there are commands the Lord has put on my life, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. The great, the great command. And the great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have. These are scriptures. These are, these are commands that are on my life. Not, don't neglect meeting together, but spur each other on towards love and good deeds. There's a call on our lives, is there not? Go do it. Arise and go. Do what you're called to do. Be strong. Second point, be courageous. Here's one of the things I've learned over 30 years of biblical counseling. We don't get there with a lecture or a sermon. We get there by walking the Christian life together. It's in the context of community that we live out these things. Are we encouraging each other to be strong and be courageous? The friends I've had for 30 years, and they, they pray over my life. I say, what can we pray for? I tell them all the time. Every morning it seems I get up and there's a battle in my heart between fear and faith. Even my prayer life, instead of praying that, that the kingdom of God might advance and more people might come to know Jesus, I find myself praying for a more comfortable life. Pray that God would place me where I, where I don't need much faith or courage. I want to be different. I want to be strong and I want to be courageous. And these, this passage, the words to Joshua, I think work for us. Meditate on the word. Pray over the word. Accept the promises that God has given us. And the next point I have is just walk in that faith and not in fear. George Mueller said, um, that's a life to look up, maybe not right at this moment, Google his name if you haven't read his life, of what he did uh, by God's grace through, through prayer and starting orphanages in London years ago. But he said, if you want to grow your faith, start using the faith you already have. Does that make sense? Do something with it. Faith doesn't grow in a classroom. It grows out there in real life. Step out of your comfort zone. Walk by faith. And the last thing I have is just make sure you're being obedient to God. We can do that. Uh, for me, uh, as, as we close... It's been a transition time for my life. I, I knew that I was <clears throat> kind of spreading myself a little thin, volunteering and doing time for, for the district and church strengthening and also pastoring at Edgewood Baptist Church. And I realized from my prayer partners and so forth that I probably need to make a change more than probably should make a change. 
But the, but the new job is only three quarters time right now, and how I was going to do that, and how I was going to do this, and how I was going to do the other thing. And I don't know if you can relate with me, but I just realized I was seeking for some place that I didn't need faith and I didn't need courage. I was looking for enough money in my checking account and guaranteed salary to guarantee I could be comfortable. And I believe God said, be strong and be courageous, I'm commanding you. And don't put your faith in stuff that's not gonna hold you up. Sometimes that step of faith is just a conversation with a friend you know so desperately needs Jesus. But you're afraid they're gonna hurt your feelings by rejecting you if you share that. Don't be afraid. We need each other. But God's called us and he's equipped us to be strong and courageous. Amen. Will you do this? Because really, when it's all said and done, it doesn't really matter what I said this morning. It matters what the word said and it matters what the Holy Spirit said through the word to you. Is there a place in your life that God's calling you right now to be strong and courageous? I want you to think about it, right? God's calling me and equipping me. Long before Moses passed away, God already had a plan. He has a plan to get you through this transition. Is there some place that you, you would love prayer support and you're just going to write down, I'm going to pray that I would be strong and courageous in this area. Maybe it's a rebellious child that you need to have a talk with. I don't know. But would, you, would you write that down? Would you pray about that? Maybe for somebody here, you don't actually know what we're talking about. We're, we're, we're going to conclude here over time because you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never asked him to be your Lord and your Savior. You've never asked him to forgive you your sins. You need to be brave and step out and give your life fully to Christ. Amen? Will you, will you pray in your own words a prayer like this? Lord, because you are so mighty and so holy and so perfect and so wise, and we worship you and we thank you because you're, you're, you're our deliverer from anxieties, from fears, you're our deliverer from past sin, you're the, you're the deliverer from temptation that we surrender our lives fully to you. For those who've never given their life to you, Lord, pray, Lord, I pray that they will at this moment give their life or talk to someone here at the church about how to do that. For those of us who know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I just pray that we would right now just say, because I know you're watching over you, we trust you with this transition. We trust you with our insurance. We trust you with our health. Move among us, Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and the people said, Amen. May the Lord bless you, and may he keep you, and let's together rise and go and conquer, and be strong and be courageous. God bless.